You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. How's everybody? Everybody's good? I know I'm a little early, but it's all good. You glad to be at church today? Yeah, wasn't that word just so good? I, I'm just so blessed to just get to serve alongside a wonderful team. Can you give our team just a great hand? Thank you guys so much. So amazing, so amazing. And I'm just super excited to share with you. Before we get going, I, I, just wanna, I just wanna offer the Lord prayer just for a moment. God, I thank you. Thank you for what, you're, what you've already done in this service. Thank you for what you've done in worship. And I thank you what you're establishing in this place, God, in this body. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and be with us in this word, be with us in this time of, of hearing your word and, and reading your word. I pray that you would fall upon your word, that you would manifest yourself, God, in the next few minutes with power. I thank you for signs and wonders, but most of all, Lord, I pray that we would encounter your heart. If we would encounter your heart, we'll encounter your hand. If we, if we seek your face, we'll get your hand, we'll get the blessing too. So we just say yes to you. I pray, Father, that you would just, uh, you would take over my mouth, take over my thoughts, God, that I would say and I would think the things that you, you would have me say. We honor you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, super excited to share this evening. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor here of Renew Life Church Midland. Such an honor to get to serve with you and serve you, so much fun, I love my church. Um, but I wanted to share a testimony with you. We, we started home churches uh, actually four weeks ago. They've been amazing. If you're not in a home church, I'm gonna strongly encourage you, find one, go to one, get in one. There's so much life happening in home churches. There's so much joy happening in home churches. But I wanted to share a testimony of my home church. I'm getting to lead one and it's, it's been a blast. Um, but a few weeks ago we had a couple that come for the first time and, and they, had a two, they have a two-year-old son and so for the, for the two years of his life they hadn't slept an entire night. Uh, I get it, like it's a kid, but six to seven times a night is what he's waking up and, and so it's just evolved into this thing where it's gotten worse and worse and, and now he had been waking up and he had been, when he wake up he, had, he was having like these giant night terrors where he'd just wake up screaming and wailing and, and he was just unconsolable and they'd go and they'd try to pray and they'd, they'd go and try to worship and nothing would work, he would resist it all and so it just got to this place where they were just up against a really, really tough spot and so they came to, they came to home church and I felt really strongly that the Lord highlighted them to me. So at the end of the night, we're getting ready to, to, to dismiss, and I just was like, hey, would you guys come and get in the middle of the, of the living room there? And, and I feel like we're supposed to pray for you. And so like we do at Renew Life Church, we, we're a strong uh, community that believes in prophetic and believe that, that there's power in prophecy and that every believer is designed and equipped to prophesy. That's literally to share God's heart for someone else. It's as easy as saying God loves you. So we just believe that that, that is something that we empowered to do. And so I just told the group, I was like, hey, if you get anything, you're welcome to pray it out. As long as it encourages, exhorts, and brings comfort, go for it. And so we start praying and we start pressing in and just believing for this family. And so we just begin to, to prophesy sleep and to prophesy rest and to prophesy wholeness into this child and into their home and into, the, into their, their nights and so next week they come which was Thursday and we start every home church uh, every home church night with, with testimony. We believe that there's power in testimony. Jesus is in testimony and so uh, they just couldn't wait to share. 
They're like, we wanted to text you all week. We didn't text you. We wanted to share with the whole group. They said Thursday night when we prayed, that was the first night they slept in two years. It was amazing. They said that he didn't, he woke up one time and every single night since then, it's been the same. And he's asked for prayer before he goes to bed every single night too. And so we're just believing and seeing amazing things in, in home churches. And so I'm just telling you, one, if you don't have a home church, find one. But two, if you need rest in your home, receive it in Jesus' name. Because what God can do for one, he wants to do for you too. Amen? Amen. So God is so good, so good. Yeah, you can give him praise. He's worthy of that. Um, today I'm excited just to share. I want to I share a message. If you're a note taker and you need a title, the message title is, Are You Asking? Not have you asked, not did you ask, but are you asking? Are you asking? The Lord started talking to me on Tuesday about the condition of the church, the condition of the body of Christ pertaining to prayer, pertaining to the way that we go about prayer and even asking for prayer or even recognizing anymore that we need prayer. He started talking to me about this thing that there is, that's happening in this people where where you can be in a service like this or you can be in a private setting and, and you know that there's a need that you have and maybe you've had this need for a really long time. Maybe it's a sickness or an ailment on your body. Maybe it's a nagging knee injury. It's, it's, it's a relationship that needs to be res- restored that you have kind of just pushed aside and thought it can't happen. And so you've, you've, gone, you've grown to this place where when even a symptom is called out in the presence of God, you don't even acknowledge it because you asked before and nothing happened. And he wants us to get back to this place where we start pursuing him in our prayer life and we start pursuing him in the ability to ask. We've gotta get back to this place of believing God can and believing that God will. I want you to hear this. Uh, I, yesterday when I was getting ready for this, I was, I was turning my light off and leaving my office and I felt the Lord say, Cody, my, my heart hasn't, con- hasn't changed pertaining to the condition of the church but prayer has. My heart hasn't changed pertaining to the matter that you're dealing with, prayer has. And so I just want us to to move forward in this message from that perspective. God's perception and God's heart for your situation has not changed. He still believes and still has great things for you. It's his character, it's his nature. It is not in him to leave you nor forsake you. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He has more for you, amen? How many of you would like to have more of God? Thank you for raising your hands. I was a little concerned. So we're gonna go to Luke chapter 11. We're gonna start in verse one. Such a beautiful set of scriptures. It says this, it says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He goes on to say in verse five, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, And say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine is coming to me on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. 
I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many loaves as he needs. Verse nine, so I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it'll be opened. If a son asks for a bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What a beautiful set of scriptures. The title of the message is, have you, are you asking, not are you, have you asked? See, a lot of times we, we get into this place of we need to understand that there is persistence that Jesus is talking about in this group of, of scriptures. He's not talking about begging. He's talking about persistent belief. He's talking about going to him, coming to him, knowing that he is, will, and always be more than enough for you. And so notice in verse five who the friend even goes to. He goes to another friend. Any of you have friends in the room that you know that you could go to for anything? We go to them because there's relational equity there. We go to them because we know that they've offered, hey, if you need anything from me at any time, you could come to me. This is the kind of person that this guy went to, knowing that I need something, so I'm gonna go to a friend. So he knocks on the door. The friend yells from inside, hey, it's too late. I've already got my kids in bed with me. I'm not coming to the door. But because of relationship and knowing what this friend has offered him before and what this friend has maybe even promised in relationship, he keeps knocking. Persistence pays off in this relationship and in this exchange. It says not because he was his friend, but because of his persistence. And I, I believe that that is the type of relationship that God wants with us. Where it's, it's not this moment where we knock and we don't feel like we hear anything in the first five minutes of prayer and so we leave and say, God must have not been in the mood to talk today. That's not it at all. He went in his persistence due to belief in relationship. If he knew that the guy was gonna come out with a baseball bat after he knocked the second time, he probably wouldn't have knocked. But because of the relationship, he knew he could persist until he got the thing that he was after. That's the kind of relationship you need to have with a father. To know that you can persist and persist and persist and knock and knock and ask and ask and seek and seek until you get the thing that he promised you. Oftentimes we take on this thought life of Jesus has bigger fish to fry when it comes to my prayers. You ever thought that? Like, well, why would I bother God with the thing that I need prayer for? Because after all, there's, there's X, Y, and Z, and there's all of these other things that people need that are far greater than mine, and, and mine's down here, and theirs is up here, and so God's gonna go by order, and this is the most important, and mine's not as important. This is the type of mentality that we start taking on when it comes to prayer. We say there's worse situations than mine, and, and I don't wanna bother Jesus with my small thing. I just wanna be real with you tonight, if that's okay. Y'all okay with that? That type of thinking is garbage. 
It's completely contrary to what the scripture is telling us. I want to point out to to you how this type of thinking comes in. If you'll go with me to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 33. Beautiful set of scriptures. This, This one has a lot of meaning personally to me. I was in a position that I was... I was seeking out and I, I just kind of got into uh, to roping, t- team roping in the rodeo world and really, really loved it, really, really was passionate about it. But the thing was that I was young, didn't have any money and I needed a horse, but I didn't have money for a horse. And banks wouldn't loan me the money for a horse because I was young and they just don't do that kind of stuff. I didn't know that. And so I prayed, Lord, bring me a horse, bring me a horse, bring me a horse. It's kind of hard to be a cowboy without a horse if you didn't know that. You know, you gotta, you gotta be able to actually have a horse to be able to rope a steer off of a horse. And so I was in a position and, and I was new to the Lord, but I found this scripture. I read this one morning and I saw, okay, that's, this is it. If it's this simple, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I read it and it made as much sense to me as anything else I'd ever heard. It was like, do this, this will happen. I was like, perfect. So I, I literally went on this probably two to three month uh, of, of just nothing but seeking God the best that I knew how uh, in my young Christianity life. I, I started just reading, I started worshiping, I started praying, like everything ramped up. And can I tell you the reason that it ramped up to begin with is because I had something that I wanted. I'll just be honest with you, that's why I was pursuing God. Because I was in a bind. You can't be the guy that's the cowboy without the horse. Like, you just can't. So that was why I was pursuing God. But as I started pursuing him on purpose, things shifted and things changed. So go two to three months down the road from that point, and all I've been doing, I, I didn't pick up a rope, I didn't go to arenas, I didn't go to practices. I would just go and, and work the shoots and get ropes off steers' feet. That's the thing that you don't want to do. It's like the nastiest part of the job. I would do anything I could just to be around it, and I just put all of it aside. I was like, Lord, I'm just going to do my best to, to follow what your scripture says. Fast forward, and a guy calls me, and he says, hey, here's the thing. I, I had shoulder, shoulder surgery, and it didn't heal the way that they thought it was going to heal. I've got two horses. I can't ride anymore because I can't rope anymore. I was curious if you would like to come take them like you're yours. I'll pay the feed bill. I'll pay the vet bills. Actually, I'll have a horse trailer that has the living quarters in it that I'll give you too. Would you like to do that? And I was like, well, yes, for sure. <laughs> Fast forward even a couple more weeks. I had a half-ton pickup. I couldn't pull a gooseneck trailer. Uh, Stacy and I, we get married. I get back from my honeymoon. A guy calls me, and he's like, hey, I'd love for you to come out, shoot some birds with me. It was dove season. We get done. He, he brings me in, inside. We have a glass of tea, and he slides an envelope across the table, and he says, uh, the Lord told me to do this for you. And it was the title to uh, a fully loaded four-wheel drive F-350 power stroke. And it happened in a matter of three to four months. That's just the God that we serve. I don't know if you knew that or not. But this scripture has a lot of meaning. And, and so Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So one, first, first thing in this, seek God's kingdom. We're, we're, we're talking about how we fall into the mindset of I'm just, I'm just too low on the totem pole for God to, put, to pay attention to my prayers. Seek God's kingdom first. Basically, this is super simple. Go after God. When I'm going after God, my, my thinking is beginning to line up with his thinking, which is higher than anything that I can think out here. I'm believing and I'm praying into higher things. 
I'm making decisions to live more of a holy life. I'm making decisions to step away from the way that I used to live because old things have gone, new things have come, and I'm, I'm making a decision to walk in the newness that Christ has developed and created in me. Like these are the things that, that happen when we're seeking God's kingdom. When I'm, when I'm going after God, I'm building his kingdom. I'm intentionally pressing into his presence, so now when I'm going into him, into his word, into worship, into prayer, part of who God is is rubbing off on me. I should walk out of those moments looking, thinking, and loving more like the Father does. In fact, I believe that when we have these moments with God like we did in worship, and you feel something happen, you actually can't leave and not have more God on you. And this is a place that we have bold access to because of what Jesus did on the cross. Second, seek his righteousness. God is pure. He's holy in nature. Through Jesus, we become the righteousness of God and we're given bold access into the throne room of grace, into his presence. When I seek God and get to know him, the person of God, I start looking, thinking, and acting more like him. Like a kid that spends time with their dad, that kid starts doing the things that dad does. I told this in the first service, I noticed the other day, my kids and I were outside doing some things that were nice outside, and, and it, was, it was a little warm out, and I was doing some stuff in the yard, and it, my 11-year-old, she was in there, and she like just finished like straightening her hair. She's dressed for the day, because that's just what they do. She's in that, she's, Lord, pray for me. She's like in that transition spot. Like, Jesus, we need your help. But I still got her. I still got her because as we're working, I, I, it's hot outside, nice spit. I just noticed that she spit too. And I'm like, still got her. Still got her heart. Still got her heart. But that's how kids are. You pray, they're going to pray. If I start worshiping at my house, there's a really good chance three little kids are going to be really close to me. If I lead my kids, I promise you my kids will start leading people too because we wanna be like the father that's closest to us. We wanna be like our dads. When I seek the father and when I, when I seek his righteousness, I'm becoming more like him. Doing both of these things will keep our identity intact and secure in him alone so that when things around us begin to fail, they won't challenge our identity so much so that we start thinking, well, I can't offer that to God in prayer because after all, I've been pursuing this. After all, because I pursued that, I'm now here. I went from son, now I'm back to servant. That's not what Jesus died for. He died so that you could have a bold relationship with the Father in heaven. But lots of times when, we, when, we, when we're not seeking God or when we're not seeking the kingdom, we actually are seeking our own kingdom. We do this all the time. We probably did this today. I probably did this today. But the moment that that becomes detrimental is when that kingdom that I built fails and it tells me that I'm also a failure too. Because if I believe that I'm a failure, then I believe that I could receive nothing good from my father. This is the trick of the enemy. So we have to seek the kingdom and we have to seek righteousness. And by doing that, I'm now gaining this, this ability to control the way of thinking that keeps me in a pure place of knowing that I can come boldly to the throne room of grace. 
I want you to understand also that this, this scripture in Luke 11 is not about just getting the thing that you want answered by God, although that is part of it. But we actually should understand what God's heart towards us is in life, and that scripture does that very well. I love it when it says in verse 13, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will the Heavenly Father give to those who ask? What you need to know is that the Father is for you. He wants to give you way more than what your ability is right now to even ask for. His heart constantly is for you. It's to not only give the thing that you're asking for, but then give above that. Because he goes in to say, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit? He says, oh, you need this prayer to answer, great. I'll answer that prayer, but if you'll also ask me for the Holy Spirit, I'll give you the wisdom through the Holy Spirit to not get yourself in that situation again. Oh, you need empowerment over sin? I'll I'll help you with that, but ask for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and empower you to live in such a way that sin has no hold on you. There's always more for you in God than you think. But can I tell you, he's interested in the thing that you ask him and he's interested in the thing that you haven't asked him either. And I believe that that we have to get to this place as, as believers and as sons and daughters where we start rushing back to asking, that we actually start taking on the personality of people that are persistent when it comes to God. I don't know the situations that are represented in the room, but I know that he does. And I believe that there's some people in the room, probably a lot of us in the room, right before I got up here, both of my knees popped. I stopped asking for prayer for both of my knees a long time ago because I used to. Like, the Lord is dealing with us because he wants all of us. Jesus didn't come and live and die and, and all of the things that he did to get a part of us. He wants every bit of who you are. Even the things that you think you can't ask him for anymore, he still wants them because he knows if they would just offer it and continue to offer it, and continue to offer it based on relationship that I told them they can have with me, the moment that they get it, I've got more of their heart. He just wants your heart. We have to get to this place where we we rush back into getting our hopes up when it comes to God. As adults, we, we have this mindset, and maybe we even teach kids to not get their hopes up. So-and-so said they're going to take me to Chuck E. Cheese. I wouldn't get your hopes up because we're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) I don't know if y'all been in there lately, but I'm just kidding. Save yourself. Don't go. Uh, But God wants us to have our hopes up in him. He's actually the only one that can carry the weight of all of the hope of the world on his shoulders. And meet every single need represented in the room all at one time. 
We gotta get back to this place and the Father wants us to get back to this place where we're knocking, where we're asking, where we're seeking continuously. If you were to put your head inside of a kid's class when it comes time for prayer, I promise what you're gonna hear are kids asking for the same thing that they asked for last week, the week before that, and the week before that. We had a dog that died two years ago. My five-year-old wants to pray for that dog every single night still. Because she believes that there's some sort of relief if she offers it in prayer. We've moved way past that. And the Lord's asking us to come back. He's asking you to come back to your childlike faith and dare to ask him over and over and over. Dare to seek him over and over and over. Be the type of child and be the type of son or daughter that is constantly pulling at the pant leg asking if you can have dessert even though you just had a sucker. Like mine does. Because the sucker wasn't considered dessert, that was considered candy. She's persistent. That's what the Father wants from us. Because he wants to be a dad. There's no greater pleasure than when I can actually give the thing to my child that I know is gonna completely make their day. And I bet you, his heart is not much different than that. The joy that is set before Jesus proves this point. The heart that Jesus had for people was also the heart that was in his father. And he called it joy that was set before him. That was me and for you that he endured the cross. He wants to be more than what he's being right now for you. We have the ability to, to control how persistent we are with the father. Young, old, rich, poor, there are no limitations to what the Father is willing to do for you. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.